Well, everybody, it, it, it's crazy. We're back here once again. I didn't think we'd be back doing another mini episode like this for at least a couple of weeks until some bigger news broke. But sure enough, Carson Wentz has been dealt. So the details of the trade are pretty simple. He was sent to the Washington Commanders. It's still really hard for me to not say football team there, um, as well as a 2022 second round pick from the Colts. The Colts, in exchange, received a 2022 third and a 2022 second. Uh, in addition, they received a 2023 third that can turn into a second-round pick uh, if Carson Wentz is able to play 70% of his snaps. That's the second time a conditional pick has been attached to Carson Wentz, which really should show you his his abilities as far as um, durability go. But Tony, you know, gut reaction, first thing you saw or felt when you saw, when you saw this trade. First gut reaction... I hate this trade. I cannot. I don't know what is going on. If if I'm a Colts fan right now, I am absolutely kicking myself. Carson Wentz gets a lot of hate for being Carson Wentz, and there was a short period of time where he was really underperforming after starting out pretty strong. 2020 specifically, through 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions uh, when he was with the Eagles. He was injured, so there was that uh, to kind of deal with. But as soon as he went to the Colts, you know, you kind of have to say when you are the Colts and you're trading for Carson Wentz and you're trying to get this guy, yes, he's expensive. You know that from the get-go. And you have an expectation for him to play. And that expectation has to be based off of, you know, prior statistics. And when you're trading for him, you know that you're getting a guy that just came off an injury through 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. So what's the most you can really expect from him? I think they got the most that they can really expect from him with JT blowing up and absolutely destroying the league. Carson Wentz throwing for 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions is really, I mean, that's what his ceiling would be. I mean, prior to this trade, that's kind of what I thought. You know, maybe around 30 touchdowns would be the absolute most he'd throw. If, if he was really good, he'd kind of match his career low in interceptions, which he did. This is really, for the Colts, this last year with Carson Wentz at the helm, this was the best you could possibly expect for him to play. So why are you trading him now? I give the Colts an absolute F on this. Yeah, no, I mean, to that point back when the Eagles originally traded Wentz, I believe this was in February, if you can if you can believe it. It feels like it's, it was just kind of yesterday, honestly. Um, I predicted that Wentz would throw about 3,750 yards, 25 touchdowns, 6 interceptions at an accuracy of 65% and would be sacked 13 times. And my the whole point of that article was that Colts fans should be excited about this trade because if he can play behind a good protected offensive line, you know, Carson Wentz has proven that he can do incredible things. I mean, just look at the time where he was, you know, an ACL injury, I believe, away from being the MVP of the league. I mean, the, the Eagles got to the Super Bowl in large part of because of, of Wentz's contributions to the team. So, you know, I was very, I was, I'm going to be honest, I was very surprised by this move. I did not see that this was really an option. I, I didn't think that this was going to be an option. Uh, we have a caller. Do you, do you want to take the caller, Tony, or do, do you want to keep talking? Yeah, we can take the call. All right, Dade, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys, what's up? Just really quick, I don't want to take too much time. Just want to throw this one at you. What do you think about the New York Giants quarterback situation? What do you think about Wentz to the Giants? Wentz to the Giants would definitely be interesting. I, I He would be 100% an upgrade over basically anybody in the room. But just because of the capital that the Washington football team gave up in uh, the commanders. Good Lord. The commanders. It's going to be, this isn't fair, Tony. They can't change their name twice in two years um, and, and, and make it 
hard on me. The Washington Commanders, because of the capital that they gave up to acquire Wentz, and the fact that I don't think the Giants would want that Albatross contract, I don't think it's likely. On top of that, of course, you have the you know the interdivisional teams rivalry. You don't want to trade away assets to teams where you're going to see them twice a year. It's the main reason why people are connecting Deshaun Watson to the Colts. And I said, there's no way he'll go to the Colts. It's an interdivisional uh, rivalry. You don't want to see a guy that could have could have led your franchise for the next two year. I mean, uh, the next decade playing you two times a year. So as as fun as I think it could be to see him go to the Giants, I doubt it. It's very likely. I guess it really depends on how he plays this year. So obviously he's locked into the commanders for this year, uh, but past this year, he does, his contract does include kind of an, uh, an out clause where the team could really, you know, restructure, uh, trade him away, no real expense. Uh, but if they were to trade him away on this same contract, he would be a $26.17 million cap hit uh, for the 2023 season. So if that were to happen for the Giants in 2023, they actually do have $92.5 million of cap available. So obviously they're going to be resigning quite a few key players. But if they really wanted to go that route and kind of go all in at the quarterback position, depending on how Wentz plays for the 2023 season, it's possible. But I don't think we. Cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Do you think you have any um, insights on what you think, how you feel about the future of? Both both New York teams. Uh, I, I just a quick point. I don't think that they made the right choice in taking Zach Wilson. I've been kind of saying that ever since they drafted him. Um, and then the Giants. I, I I kind of sleep. I kind of am like a quiet supporter of Daniel Jones. I think he he kind of gets a bad rap, but he's been performing better. Obviously, the injuries are a problem, but I think he he has the potential to be good. He just needs one healthy weapons, and then two a good offensive line. Yeah, definitely never seen him with a good offensive line. Well, anyway, thanks, guys. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling, Dave. We appreciate you calling in and listening in. Um, So, Tony, obviously, I think that part of the frustration, I think, if you are a commander's fan, is that Russell Wilson was reported to, you know, Washington was trying to acquire Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson declined going there. If you're the Washington football team, you know, is this the move you really want to make? I mean, I think that. To, to be sure, I think that they got Wentz at a bargain, but you know, I think another option is that you try to acquire Jimmy G, or you wait, you draft, and you let Heineke be a stopgap. Personally, that was kind of what I was inclined to do, was let Heineke be a stopgap, get a quarterback without having to trade up into a higher echelon of picks, like you know those lottery kind of picks, the one, two, three picks, and you know just get a potential franchise quarterback and let him play a year. I mean, wait a year to play. Yeah, I... I'm kind of torn on it because on the one hand, while Carson Wentz is expensive this year on a cap hit basis, the Washington commanders can't afford it. So they did have a good amount of cap space, even with Carson Wentz's contract involved, they still have just under $6 million in team cap available. So he's expensive, but they could afford it, which is nice. I also do think that they did a really, really good job of getting him in a bargain. Essentially, here's how I see it. The Colts gave the Commanders Carson Wentz and a second round. The Commanders sent back two second rounds and a conditional third. They both sent each other a second round, which means I'm kind of just going to cancel them out. So essentially, the Commanders got Carson Wentz for a second and maybe a third, potentially a second, I guess. We'll call it two seconds. We'll assume he plays and doesn't fall into injury like he normally does. 
We'll assume he plays. They essentially got Carson Wentz for two second-round picks. If you're giving away two second-round picks for a guy that just threw 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions, 94.6 passer rating with, you know, probably the best running back in the league taking a lot of the snaps, sure, that helps his case in some areas, but it also dims his stats in others. I do think that with the right, you know, cast around him, we have seen that he can succeed very well. It's really going to, to it's really going to depend on how this defense can come back. Because as we talked about before the season started, we thought the Commanders were going to have a top five defense in the league, and they started out with a bottom five defense in the league. So if they can get that turned around, I do think this is a pretty decent team. They might be a fringe playoff if the defense can come back. Uh, I don't think they go much beyond that with Carson Wentz but I think they are going to go farther with him than they would with Heineke. I would have liked to see if I'm the Colts. I would have liked to see if they would have traded Wentz for Heineke and then a couple other picks as well, just because I think that the Colts probably can't really afford Wentz long-term, whereas the Washington football team probably can a little bit better. I just don't think for the Colts this is a fair trade. Carson Wentz is not that bad, and getting two second-round picks for him seems like an absolute steal for the yeah, so let's go over to that, actually. Price tag, that's the, the big issue. That's kind of why, you know, if, if you're looking at this, why did they do it? Well, they did it for cap space, obviously. If you're if you're not going to get a player back, I'm with you 100%. If I'm the Colts, I would have liked to have gotten Heineke because now if you're the Colts, you are very much out on a ledge without a true franchise starting quarterback. You know, Wentz may not have been your first pick, but he was certainly a good player, and I thought it had a good season. Um, so now that you don't have that quarterback, obviously it was to get ledgers, to get a very large contract off your books. Right now the Colts lead the, the NFL in cap space. They have about $69.8 million in cap space. They obviously went up today by a very large margin because, of course, the commanders are taking all the, the money. Even the roster bonus, which I believe is about $6 million that could have counted against the Colts, uh, depending on when Wentz has been traded, is going over to Washington. Uh, so then you look at Washington, their cap number has gone down to just under $6 million. So I think that as much as I would like to see the commanders improve, we are going to have to worry about their cap situation because they are now one of the teams that is really close to kind of up against um, the, the cap line. Obviously, teams like them, the Falcons at $3 million and the, the Cardinals at $2,000, which is a funny one. Um, but I am worried about the commanders from a perspective of it's going to be hard to they kind of took this house out of the free agency game, I feel like, without, you know, they're not going to be able to maintain some of the pieces they have currently without, um, you know, they're not going to be able to attract. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty difficult. Uh, looking at the Colts, you know, you said that they had a ton of cap space now, just under $70 million. But we have to remember, I think that they're doing this as kind of a way to get out of Wentz's contract before it were to before it really hits down the line because if you're looking at the Colts you have to remember that a lot of their stars are really young players on the beginning to a lot of the back end of rookie deals you have Jonathan Taylor of course has been an absolute stud Michael Pittman has is going to be another big one that when he gets a contract both of those guys are going to be very expensive you guys you have some guys on the defensive end that are also going to be expensive so I think the Colts are really just trying to get ahead of their cap situation they're just trying to get as far away from the red as possible so they can re-sign as much of this team a couple years down the line which is a smart move if you have a tangible backup or another guy in place and that's kind of the missing piece in this trade 
we don't know what the Colts are thinking. There has to be, you know, we were kind of talking about this before the show. There kind of has to be a part two to this trade in order for it to make sense. As of right now, the Colts absolutely failed this trade because they're trading away a quarterback that is good. I don't think they're going to find a better one. Sure, they might find a cheaper one, but this team is only going to get worse with really anybody else. The only alternative that you can possibly find who's going to be even close to as good as Carson Wentz was is Jabo. And Jabo is going to stay in New Orleans. So it doesn't make any sense. And if you draft going in for this draft class right now, and you're completely banking on a rookie to be kind of pick and play right out the gate, it's not going to work. This team is not going to be that good. No matter how many guys you put around him, you do need a somewhat, you know, knowledgeable quarterback that has some sort of talent. And sure, these guys in the draft, they might be talented, but it's really, really rare for a rookie to come right out the gate and do really, really well. And this class doesn't look like it's going to have a whole lot of that. Maybe down the line they can do that, but drafting just isn't. Now, here's where I figured it out, Tony. I've done some sleuthing. I've looked at free agents, and I realized there's not a good free agent on the market. If you, if the leading free agent quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky, you do not have a good free agent quarterback class. Mitchell Trubisky is going to get paid probably too much money because he's really the only free agent quarterback who's like a bit of a hot commodity because he spent some time with the Bills, and in the few snaps he did play with the Bills, he looked pretty good. So I looked at quarterbacks – who I looked at the teams who drafted rookie quarterbacks. Now, I think the prime candidate is Jimmy G. How do you feel about that? Either the 49ers cut him and they would absorb a $1.4 million dead money hit and then they would save about $25 million in cap savings, or they could also trade him, in which case the numbers are still the same. It would be a $1.4 million dead money hit, and then $25 million in cap savings. I would imagine the Colts are trying to get the 49ers to cut Jimmy G, and then they can pick him up and, and get him on much more of a team-friendly deal. But this would be the last year of Jimmy G's deal. So if you're looking, like you said, to get out of cap down the road, because Carson Wentz does get a little bit more expensive down the road, Jimmy G would be the best way to do it. He's a one-year bridge quarterback, and then you can kind of control his, his contract a little bit better down the line because he would be, you know, you would be able to renegotiate a cap number. I mean, you could definitely try to to manage his cap hit a little bit more, but I think if you're Jimmy G, if you're his agent, you're coming to the table with the idea of trying to get as much money for your guy as possible while also not killing the team. But you also kind of have to get the money as well. So if you're Jimmy G's agent, you're kind of thinking, you know, he's been the quarterback of a team that was – that went to the Super Bowl was then extremely injured and he was injured. So that doesn't really count. And then this past year, they beat the number one seed, the Packers right out the gate in the playoffs. He's going to be viewed as valuable. And I don't think he is necessarily that good. I think no matter what, he's going to be overpaid. So essentially what it comes down to is, are you going to pay a ton of money to have Carson Wentz as your quarterback? Or are you going to pay a ton of money to have Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback? And honestly, I think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback in the Colts system. Sure, maybe there's some injury issues that they have to worry about if they go with uh, Carson Wentz over Jimmy G. But Jimmy G has been injured. He's no guarantee even behind that wonderful O-line. So I think that this just doesn't really make sense to trade away Carson Wentz and then bank on getting Jimmy Garoppolo. It just seems like a complicated, a complicated way to do this when you're not really doing much of anything different. 
Oh, absolutely. I still hate this trade. I, I truly thought Carson Wentz was safe. I didn't think he'd be moving teams. I think it's just a complete oddity that he's moving teams. But, like, you know, I, I'm just trying to kind of connect the dots. Like you said, what were the Colts trying to do? Free up money down the road. What do they need this year? Well, they need a good quarterback who's, who's I think, probably going to play pretty well behind that offensive line. He's going to have JT. So he, I think you can basically kind of translate what Jimmy G has done this season over to what he will probably do next year if he's on the Colts roster. The 49ers desperately want to free up $25 million in cap. Can you imagine if the 49ers free up $25 million in cap? Kyle Shan is going to run this league if they get rid of $25 million in cap the way he can play that. So I just think that, look, is it perfect? No. But who else are they going to get is my question. Like, you know, like you said, Jameis Winston is probably not leaving New Orleans. And he, on top of that, he's injured, too. So it's, he's even more of a gamble than Jimmy G is because at least Jimmy G is healthy. So I just – that's the likeliest person, I think. And I, I do think that it's the likeliest person. I agree with you there. It's just I don't understand why the Colts are doing it at all. Like, sure, okay, Jimmy G and Mitchell Trubisky are pretty much the two that this boils down to as the most likely, most logical guys that you can put in place here. But neither of them are really that logical. The only other option is the draft. But that doesn't make sense No, they won't draft anybody. There's no way. So nothing about this makes sense if you're the Colts. If you're the Commanders, I give you at worst a B plus, at best like an A minus, like right there. I really, really like this trade if I'm them. But for the Colts, this is an absolute F and there's no way around it. I don't even care if you get great players with with those second round picks. Objectively... It doesn't make sense to have made this trade, even if you're banking on getting great picks. If you get great picks in the second round, like, sure, that's awesome. But more often than not, that's not going to happen. So this is a terrible trade. Okay, how about this one? This is actually an interesting one that might be a little under the radar. Marcus Mariota. He's a free agent. He's a free agent off the Raiders. He made, I believe his cap hit was $3.5 last year. So... I don't know. I mean, kind of wouldn't be horrible. He played pretty well, I think, in the Raiders game that we saw him in. His stats with the Raiders, over two years, he threw a touchdown and an interception, a total of 230 yards, and averaged a 55% completion percentage over two years. The last time we really saw him start at, you know, over more than one game was with the Titans in 2019, and he looked, you know, not terrible, but that was a couple of years ago now. Who knows what he's like? Sure, he'll be a whole lot cheaper, but good lord, that's a gamble. No, it's a downgrade for sure. How about Teddy B? I mean, I don't know. Just it's it's Marcus Mariota, it's Teddy B, and then it's Jimmy G. That's those are the three most likely candidates. Or they're gonna bite on Mitchell Trubisky, and I'm gonna laugh at them for. I mean, Bridgewater's not a bad quarterback. I do think that Teddy Bridgewater is generally underrated. I do quite like him. I think if it wasn't for, you know, that that bad knockout injury that he had when he was with the, the Vikings, that his career would be on a very different trajectory. But I don't think that he's he's better than Wentz. I don't even think he's close. He'll be a whole lot cheaper, I can tell you that. But at this point, it essentially comes down to you're getting what you pay for, right? You can either pay a lot of money and you can get the best quarterback that is in free agency right now in Carson Wentz, or I guess was, or you can pay kind of the mid-tier price and get the mid-tier quarterback. I I guess it, it does free up cap space, but you're just going to hurt the team. No, for sure. I mean, there is nobody that is better than Carson Wentz in free agency. 
Now, how about this one? I, he's definitely not cheaper, but I know he's one of your favorites. Now, he would have a cab number of 45, God almighty, $45 million. Um, I think you know who it is based on the fact that I told you you like him and that he has a cap at $45 million. It, it's Kirk Cousins. Yep. You know, I, if you believe that the Vikings, you know, they have the, the new um, coach, they have new management, maybe they want to blow it up, maybe they want to try to find a new quarterback and kind of get this rebuild, like a, a soft rebuild, even though I think there is no such thing as a soft rebuild that's done right. Um, is Kirk Cousins on the table? Because he almost, he's very Wentz-esque. He's a better Wentz, but he's almost a Wentz-esque. I mean, he yeah, he is a better Wentz. I do quite like uh, Kirk Cousins quite a lot. He, I think Kirk Cousins is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL regularly. But at the same time, it just comes down to, once again, you're getting what you pay for. You can pay a lot of money for Carson Wentz, and you can get a good quarterback. You could pay a decent amount of money for Teddy Bridgewater, and you'll get a mediocre quarterback. You could pay a lot more money for Kirk Cousins, and you can get a better quarterback than both of them. But you're paying a lot more money. If the point of this was to free up cap space, then why would you go for a more expensive guy? Yes, you can afford it, but you cannot afford it. You can't afford to sign this guy and sign all your other guys at the same time. That's kind of what I think is happening. It's just purely a cap situation uh, kind of a thing. But you can't then do that and sign a more expensive guy, even though I do agree Kirk Cousins is a way better quarterback. And I think that he would do great things on that team. Yeah, all right, so let's kind of wrap this up by looking at each team's uh, depth chart. So right now, the Zelo model only has Jacob Eason, um, and Jacob Eason for the Colts is a negative 48.51. That is fairly atrocious. I didn't even bother to go look at the rankings for that because you just you don't need to. Uh, Carson Wentz, on the other hand, he's a 130.7 uh, as a pure passer. That puts him as 18th overall. Of course, his overall value is a 124.9. That's really good. So the Vikings, from going from Wentz, going I should say going from Heineke to Wentz is an increase of about thirty four point two four zero points. Is that worth the two? We we essentially said that in reality they're trading two second round picks. Do you think that's worth it, Tony? I think they got them at an absolute bargain in terms of the capital they traded away. And since they can afford it, I'm not going to say that it's a bad idea to pick up this massive contract because they do have the room for it. So I can't really knock them for that. I do think that it's it's worth it only if this defense can step up. If this defense can step up and they make a legitimate playoff push with Carson Wentz, the commanders have absolutely won this trade. They get a solid A. But at the same time, I mean, I don't I don't think the Colts can do anything with Jacob Eason. Maybe maybe you give him a year and just kind of let him be a really crappy bridge quarterback. That'd but be horrible that for point, Colts fans. That At that point, you're wasting a year of Jonathan Taylor's and, and Michael Pittman's rookie contracts, which is extremely valuable in order to sign other pieces for a championship team. You, you can't make a run once those guys have been signed to mega contracts. You're not going to be able to afford to. No, I mean, absolutely. I've already said that Jonathan Taylor is basically the most valuable player in the National Football League right now from a production to cap hit standpoint. So it's it's absolutely atrocious. So um, actually, I do want to look back at the Eagles trade. I guess we kind of close out with the Eagles trade. So the Colts sent away a 2021 third that turned into Milton Williams, and that's 17.5 Zilla uh, points. And then a 2022 first, of course, it was conditional. It could have been a second 
Um, and, th- you know, they obviously received Wentz. So they essentially turned in, uh, turned a 2021 third into a 2022 third, a 2022 second, and a 2022 second, um, and, but spent a 2021 third and a 2022 first to do so. So I think, you know, overall, the experience has been very negative for the Colts. So I, I don't want to give them an F because I think there's more coming. But in the moment, I have to give them a C. As of right now, it just doesn't make sense because the Colts traded away more than the than the Commanders just traded to the Colts for a guy that played way worse with the Eagles than he just did with the Colts. You have net lost so much because of this trade. It just doesn't make sense. I can't give them anything beyond an F unless some part two happens that is extraordinary. But I don't see how a part two can happen when all you collected was realistically at most two second rounders. I don't know what you can get for that. No, I mean, that's my point, though, is that, you know, if, if free agent if free agency ends and the draft ends and the Colts have Jacob Eason, then I will retroactively go back and give this an F, and I'm sure that will hurt the Colts' feelings, and Colts fans everywhere will hate me for it because I have such a big media influence. But <laughs> as of Colts right agree. No, that they probably do. In fact, I have a roommate who's a Colts fan. He's not a huge football fan, so he actually may not know this take. I mean, this this uh, transaction has happened. I would love to have him on this pod right now. Um, we need to get him on Colin. That would be hilarious. But we could totally spring this on. That would be funny. Um, but <laughs> the point is, is I have a feeling that, yeah, Colts fans are going to agree that this is a horrible trade. But, again, you know, it's a C until we see part two because this move – is an F without a part two, but with a part two, I think it makes a lot more sense. Um, and then for the commanders, I'm giving them an A minus. Like this puts them as, as right up there with the Eagles for second best team in the division. And quite honestly, with how the Cowboys are kind of melting down in free agency in the offseason, that division looks probably a little bit more wide open than it should. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that they, if that defense can step up, that's the last part of this that they really need to sort out. If that defense can be as dominant as we thought that they were going to be, this team is a contender for winning that division. No, absolutely. I mean, that is the the real big interesting part of the the Washington football team is just how that defense went from being kind of feared and like a folk like in my analysis and our analysis, I think of the NFC East. We literally said the Cowboys have the offense and the Washington football team has the defense, and it's up to the Cowboys defense to not play like garbage, and it's up to the Washington football offense football team offense slash commanders offense to not play like garbage of course none of those were true i feel like at all no nope. <laughs> because that's none how that's how accurate. that's how it works for us so instead we have the the washington commanders have the 27th best defense by dvoa so you know that just shows how great we are at our job <laughs> you know i'm gonna i am gonna say that's just an l on the media's part i don't think any like show me your card show me your bingo card that said um, commanders have defense fall apart. Cowboys defense is best in years. Like, show me your bingo card. Next time we do our our division deep dives, we just need to take takes and flip them to what we we need to take takes that we actually believe and say the opposite. And maybe some of them will come true and we'll look really really smart. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely a bit we need to do. Uh, but but thanks for listening in, guys. This was a great mini episode. I'm really I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud that we've kind of come together in two back-to-back crazy days and gotten a little bit quick analysis for you. I'm sure there is no way we will be back tomorrow. There's going to be nothing to cover. Well, definitely <laughs> uh, not. Seattle every time I get... We'll make another ridiculous trade. <laughs> 
every time I get an Adam Schefter notification, I start to worry. <laughs> Something's gone horribly wrong for somebody. Yeah. It's just a matter of who. It'll, it'll be the Panthers next. Guarantee it. They've already tried. They're already trying to get rid of CMC. Sam um, Darnold but, is now the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> I cry. Um, okay, but you know what? Whenever that Adam Schefter tweet hits your phone, um, we'll be there. And I don't mean that in a threatening way, but I mean that we'll be on here giving you our analysis. But until that happens, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you on Friday for our regularly scheduled show. Bye, guys. Yeah, yeah.